Hello, good morning. Hello. It's just a little bit later than normal. It's about 20 to 9 in the morning. And everyone's back at work. I can tell that because the road I walked down got a huge line of cars parked up along the side because they've got no roads to park so you know it's a work day it's a little bit a little bit hazy still it's been uh, it's been pretty warm all night no uh, no wind or anything it's just a bit, it's a bit stuck. Had a weird night as well. It's like the first time in a long time. I, well not in a long time, I think it was a few nights ago I couldn't sleep, just things were kind of replaying in my head. Even though I wasn't thinking about them, I think it's just the mind gets overactive. Just have to calm it down. It just takes a little bit of time. Uh, yeah, so last night, got woke up at about one o'clock. My daughter said that she heard clicking in her room. And I think it was the fan was just blowing against something making it knock so she went to back she went back to bed she was okay and then I was just lying there until it was about two o'clock I started hearing things downstairs like I thought somebody else had got up so I went down to have a look nothing so it's got some water went back up to bed and then there was no there's nothing no no more sounds And then I eventually fell asleep. And the next thing I remember is waking up after having a nightmare. I typically don't have, uh, it's very rare for me to have a nightmare or anything like that. But this was quite, quite vivid, like I was there. But I can't remember it now. Or I remember there was the theme of running away or trying to get away from something. But it was one of those, uh, one of those, I was say movie, one of those nightmares like you're actually there. Yeah, so I'm not sure what that was about. Normally, like, it, maybe if you have a change of... change of uh, food in your diet or something, that can sometimes trigger things like that. Or... Uh, sleeping habits. I mean, I went to sleep... I went to sleep normally, well, a little bit earlier than normal last night, because I was so tired. I think it was just before 10 o'clock. So, I couldn't really figure out what was going on. I can't really remember the dream, so, of the nightmare, so I can't really recall any details other than the theme of uh, running or getting away from something
and there was the uh, book I'd found by forgotten his or or won Samael or won I think his name was I'm sure he mentioned about remaining conscious in your sleep because that's something he said that you should be able to do because if you think that it's the body that's going to sleep isn't it and the spirit, the soul I guess there's uh, I guess there's thought that maybe that's where um, the dreams and the nightmares come from that perhaps maybe that can separate itself from the body at night when the body is essentially in a calm state maybe when the heart rate is in a certain range the soul or the spirit can can wander off but I don't know that's uh that was if that was true or if that was possible what would be the mechanism to bring the soul and the spirit back into the body or what would prevent another soul or spirit from going into your body so there's too many too many other questions to answer to say it was uh, entirely plausible so if if the soul is bound to the body I would say it would be enclosed in the body as, as long for as long as the heart is beating I don't think I personally don't think it would be possible for it to come and go uh, depending on the state but then obviously how do you explain out of body experiences because that is a state in which uh, the soul or the spirit is said to be able to move out of the body but that's a that's something that somebody feels and they explain it from they explain it from a place of physicality that it felt like I was outside of my body I was looking at my body as a third person 
so how would you explain that because if you could explain that then you could explain how the body may be how the soul and spirit may be able to disconnect from the body for a certain amount of time like during sleep or astral travel which is another out of body type experience now I've had I've had weird experiences that that I can't really explain I've had the first time I tried meditation I had an out of body experience but was that just my mind tricking me I don't know if I perhaps if I was able to move my body at the same time as having the experience of being able to see the body moving then I guess you could say it was plausible that something gave me that out of body experience that extrasensory perception so it may not even be it may not be how we explain it in that it's not we aren't separating a part of us we're not separating the soul from the body it could be that we are creating that perspective we are creating that outside perspective that is somehow somehow giving us eyes outside of our body for however long it lasts because we don't really understand that we don't really understand how an out of body experience happens or or what is happening so it's entirely plausible to say that we're creating some external perspective as opposed to causing some sort of split they were not splitting or moving the soul or the spirit outside of the body because you'd have to it's almost like saying that the spirit or the soul has got eyes or that it's able to perceive in that way by moving out of the body it's able to look back at you but there's a lot of stuff to explain when it could just be easier to say we're creating a we're creating a perspective from outside of the body And then you only really have to create, you only have to really understand and explain the process of creating that perspective. But it would, it would probably fall under what people would say is magic. But magic is typically just something that is sleight of hand or uh, like a hidden a hidden perception or a hidden perspective. You're purposely given a a certain perspective 
in order to hide the true perspective that the magicians put the card up his sleeve that's what you don't see so that's what it would be described as and that would be something that you'd have to contend with as well So there's another, there's another experience I had. Wasn't, um, so it was a few years ago. I think it was, uh, about 10 years ago. I was living in Leeds. Um, I'd bought an older car. It was like, Maybe about eight, eight, ten years old, something like that. Um, but I'd made sure to upgrade all the safety, you know, like all the basic safety features, like your tyres and your brakes. I upgraded all of those, so had like premium tyres that were good for braking in the wet because it rains a lot in the north of the UK especially in Leeds and um, I bought brake discs and pads that were had a higher braking strength than, than the standard ones because I was going to be doing a lot of motorway driving between Leeds and Manchester um, if you have to slam your brakes on which is I mean quite often on the motorway there's a lot of surprises like you'll get cars that will just randomly stop or you'll get you'll get random uh drop your speed to like 20 miles an hour so you're going from 70 to 20 and people often like to slam on so I thought it was safer to be able to stop with a bit of bit of surety so me and my partner we were driving one day to a big shopping mall in Manchester and have to go on the motorway and then change onto like a local local highway type thing and we get to we're in Manchester and we just go past or we're just just going past the junction that I normally go off for work so it takes you into the city centre but on this day we were carrying on to like the next junction which would take us to the shopping mall so it was kind of like out of the city centre a little bit so anyway as we approached the first junction I look to my right so in the UK we've got three lanes on the motorway you've got the left hand lane which is considered the slow lane or just where you'd normally drive the middle lane if you're overtaken the right lane if you're overtaken so it depends on how busy the road is and on this day it wasn't that busy so I was in the left hand lane and there was only one car on the right hand side in the far right hand lane so he's by himself there was no other cars around him and as I'm I can see him in front of me to my right and for some reason I just know that something's about to happen so I kind of back off a little bit so I'm only doing maybe 60 miles an hour it's a 70 mile an hour road and this guy is going quick and then as we get to the junction this guy does a uh, 90 degree turn 
goes across all three lanes so he could get to the exit because because he's about to miss he's about to go past the exit so he's got to go 90 degrees to go back and round into this junction and as he does that he comes right in front of me he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't seem to acknowledge what he's doing is abnormal or dangerous or that there's anyone else around so everything for me in that moment went like all the colour went so it was like grayscale like black and white and I am holding onto the steering wheel and I'm having to steer around this guy's car so I had to go like full full to the right and then he kind of came around and he kind of angled around the side of the car then I had to go full to the left and then full to the right again all at the same time I'm trying to drop down the gears to stop the car and eventually the car came to a dead stop and this guy is gone he's gone off the junction and he's just disappeared and I'm I'm sat there in the middle of the road stopped and then I look in the look in the rear view mirror and there's all these basically all the traffic is coming so I then have to get the car going again and get up to speed so that there isn't an actual accident but during that whole during that whole thing everything was in slow motion everything was in there was no perception of colour it's like it was like I went into survival mode but my brain had like survival mode for driving a car so all the colour went everything went in slow motion even like speech everything was slow motion and if it hadn't been like that I wouldn't have been able to manoeuvre around this guy's car and I can't I can't explain that how that happened all I remember is that I didn't want to crash I don't want to have an accident. So after that happened, we carried on driving. We got to a service station and we stopped and kind of like composed ourselves. And I just remember feeling like, you know, you got all this energy burnt up and you kind of like, you just want to scream I just couldn't believe someone was so uh, so reckless and that it was so important for them to well they, they made a mistake didn't they they it was a poor judgement they knew what junction they needed to get off but they they pretty much missed it and they should have just carried on to the next one and fixed it that way but instead they create a situation maybe they were meant to create a situation maybe there's something going on with them something that distracted them or just something going on in their life that prevented them from being fully aware at that point maybe I always think that maybe it was supposed to happen because there's nothing I could have done to prevent it the only thing that would have prevented any of that is if I was directly behind the guy's car but then that would have made no sense to me unless I was trying to overtake him because you have two lanes to the left that are empty so it would have made no sense and he might have or the might whoever it was might have thought that that was an aggressive 
like aggressive driving or something I don't know I can't really answer that because I don't know who the person is all I know is at that point our lives kind of intersected and crossed over and maybe they didn't realise maybe they have still to this day have no idea what they what they almost did because maybe they didn't even see my car but that's like I see that as some kind of phenomena like an out-of-body experience I can't explain I can't explain how I didn't crash should have been a crash because the guy's car was right in front of my right in front of my bonnet but it was almost like my car was pivoting around as I uh, everything went in slow motion and somehow I'm able to somehow I'm able to guide the car around cars aren't that agile (laughs) cars don't move as agile as a person could how do you get ton of steel and plastic to <laughs> to pivot around the car like that it doesn't make sense it's just uh, it's just one of those things I'll never never forget I can still see I can still see the image of my windscreen and my steering wheel as I'm going left right change gear and slamming the brakes I can still see that most people might might black out in a situation like that because there's so much so much information for the brain to process it might just say oh I'm going to shut down because preserve life kind of thing because it it may think the shock is going to be too much so it shuts down or black art but um, yeah such a such a weird experience I am never going to forget that I'm just thankful I've never been in another situation like that. It's just, uh, just a weird thing to do. What to have to, have to see. I'm warm now. Um, so I'm thinking that maybe there's other functions or features of the brain that we're not aware of, or of the body, or of something pertaining to the body or the spirit or the soul there's something else how do you explain a person describing an out-of-body experience you could say oh well they know what the room looks like they're just creating the image in their head but for so many people to have been able to do that Maybe he describes that there's a universal process that it 
that they kind of tapped into. So if, they, if they all experience it in the same way, to say that they're remembering something is to imply that they all mistakenly are remembering something as opposed to following a process of being able to to have that experience. And what about the, what about paranormal experiences? Growing up when I was a kid, it must have been uh, I think for as long as I lived in. As long as I lived in my first house with my mom and brother and sister, it must have been about 10 years. I think every night there was something paranormal. Although it couldn't really be described paranormal anymore after the first time it happened because it was the same kinds of same kind of activity. There was I would constantly hear noises. You know, like footsteps coming up the stairs. Or at my door, like the door creaking. Or just noises downstairs. Apparently, where these houses had been built, um, in the 1970s, there was... There was at least one, one guy that was murdered near our back garden and people had described seeing someone during the summer running past the running past the back door but then looking out to see nobody's nobody's out there because there's a fence at the back so there's nowhere really for you to go Um, yeah and it was just constant but how do you you can't explain that because it's like who's creating the what's the source what's the source of the noise typically you never find anything maybe it's just something that something that we can't perceive or or you have to be I don't know you have to be in a certain state to be able to perceive it you can hear it as like a physical movement but you can't perceive what it is you can't perceive the source I think all that all that stuff is Oh wow, just saw a, I think it's a heron, it's this little, uh, it's like a little pond, I think he was just having a drink down in the, uh, down in the brush. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's all within like the bounds of perception that we're bound in terms of frequency. What sounds and what light, what colors you can see. It's all just frequency of energy. Perceived as uh, light or sounds, heat or cold. And science has already reported that there is, there are other sounds and there are other colours that we can't see, that we can't perceive because they're outside the band of the 
frequencies that we're locked into. Well, it, may, it may not be that we're locked into. It may just be that that's that's what we're used to. You know, like can you imagine if you were able to see ultraviolet? It would give you a di completely different view of the world. Because going out in the daylight would look completely different. And maybe that is something that the body doesn't need to perceive in order to survive. Because it can feel the heat from the sun, so that can count as as much a warning as than being able to see it. Because that's what colour does, isn't it? If you look at something and it's red, it tending to say like just be careful or if it's if it's over in that frequency range over towards the red range you tend to just be cautious like if you're walking past some vegetation you see berries you see yellow orange or red I remember as a kid, people saying not to eat things like that, not to eat the, definitely not, not the orange berries. But you know when you look at them, you know that you kind of just know that you you wouldn't or you shouldn't that there is some some sort of some some reason why you shouldn't. So I think the things that happen outside the bounds, outside the frequency ranges. So obviously we can hear things that uh, we can't identify the source of what moved or what did, what made that sound generate. But you can obviously hear it. So it's something that's kind of interacting between the range that we can perceive and what we can't perceive. And maybe it's acting in the, the range that we do perceive for a reason. Maybe it's trying to get attention. Maybe it is... Maybe it is something that is trying to get your attention. Something that was maybe once perceivable. Maybe you could see things or there was technology that allowed you to see outside our perceivable range. And maybe because that doesn't exist anymore, there's more what is dubbed unexplained phenomena because there's no way of perceiving it or it's been uh, it's no longer generally available it's not public knowledge anymore and there's likely reasons for for doing something like that but I mean, you can still perceive it. You can still hear noises. In some instances, people can claim or have claimed to have seen things. So whatever the, the source of the phenomena, it's able to, in some cases, interact on the perceivable light frequencies not just the sun. Or, rather than it being some sort of intelligent source, it could just be 
could be a manifestation of manifestation or an expression of energy that's left around because if you think how many people have existed or how many living beings have existed and how many have died and where does all their energy go to because energy doesn't just disappear it gets transmuted into different forms so light becomes heat And then you can take heat and you can apply that to a liquid and then you create a gas. So just like there's a, a water cycle where water gets evaporated and then drops back down onto the ground as rain. I think there's something similar with with energy because you can see you're you're moving around you're using energy to feed your muscles to feed your heart to pump blood to your muscles and then you're expelling carbon dioxide which is then feeding the plants and the trees who use the carbon dioxide in photosynthesis to create oxygen and the carbon goes down back into the ground so energy isn't wasted it's always moved around and transmuted somewhere so if you think you've got a place where a lot of uh, maybe paranormal phenomena happens maybe look at what what happened physically in those places because it seems to be the places where maybe there was more gruesome things that happened or maybe where there was a lot of people living where there, basically where there was a lot of energy or the way in which a person died was very energetic to say you know like a lot of screaming or just a lot of heightened emotion a lot of charged energy because that's going to get I mean, where's that going to go? Where's that energy going to go if uh, the person dies? I mean, energy can be stored in... Could be stored in anything, right? If it can transmute from state to state. could be stored in the in the walls or the furniture or just in the house in general and that could be what is fueling the phenomena I think I've lived in two other places where there's been some some kind of phenomenon um, we were living in Leeds me and my partner we were living in Leeds in uh, in a flat but I think it was I think it may have been an old mill that was converted into flats I can't I can't remember it, it may have been a newly built building It wasn't brand new, but it could have been like within last 30 years or something. And one night, I was asleep. I think she was asleep. And my keys were on the bedside table. And 
she kind of like bolts upright in bed. She said that she heard my keys drop. Like someone picked them up and then dropped them onto the table or dropped them on the floor or something. No, I didn't hear anything. I didn't even wake up until she was kind of shaking me. I didn't really know what to... I didn't really know what to say. I wasn't too, like, shook up or anything. But I think... And she she can't really explain it. Because obviously it wasn't me. I was asleep. It wasn't her. She was asleep. There's nobody else in the apartment. But I think something may have happened in that apartment before we before we lived there because it was quite quite weird vibe the landlord was quite strange Um, he kind of inherited a business that he didn't really want to be involved in so (laughs) it was quite weird in uh, dealing with him but there was like all sorts of stuff in the apartment that was strange like just weird stuff stuffed in the cupboards it could could have been from the people that lived there before we don't know but I just got a weird vibe in the bed in the main bedroom which is where my partner had heard the keys drop so it's a weird vibe but we don't know don't know exactly what happened before if anything and then the the last experience I had was in London in a flat that had just been converted so it used to be like a typical old Victorian London townhouse I guess you'd call it because it was over three floors Um, it had been converted into five flats so there was a basement and then four four levels above that and we'd been living there for a while and the kitchen and the it was kind of like an open plan kitchen and uh, living area lounging area and we had trays rested up on top on the top of the shelves in the kitchen and I, I was stood in the, I think I was in the living room. So I was, I was facing away from the kitchen. And then all I heard was a crash on the floor. And I looked and I saw one of the trays. And I was like, it's never happened before. We've had the trays up there for, since we'd moved in. So we must have been there for months. And they'd never been touched, they'd never been moved. And I tried to replicate it. I put, I put the trays back up, tried shoving them, tried pulling them, tried just any, like however much movement it would take to get it to fall. And it just wouldn't. It was, it was almost like it was glided, it glided down. Someone was supporting it and then just let it drop. And I was like, I was just, I'd had no, no explanation for that. I couldn't even, I didn't, I'd, <laughs> it's just one of those things, it's like, I know it happened, I experienced it. But how am I going to explain it? How am I going to research it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I already tried to replicate the movement but I kind of acknowledge that there's something something that I'm not able to see something that I'm not able to perceive and that's why I kind of kind of left it I didn't really I mean it's not stuff that freaks me out anymore because I experienced it so much as a kid but it's um, something I'm interested in.
like I used to watch a lot of people on YouTube doing ghost hunts in uh, different buildings and things and that's quite interesting but it's always from a negative slant so you always kind of come away feeling like even though if you watch it for entertainment you can kind of come away from from that thinking oh it's all bad it's all negative it's all just negative uh, it's all just negative energy but it's not really the case because you can experience that stuff but it's not doing anything to you some people may experience and have things done to them but I've never experienced anything where I've been hurt or anything like that so so I don't often I don't really watch programs like that or content like that for for too long um Yeah, I think there's definitely definitely things that we don't that we can't perceive and that we don't understand about ourselves. And I think it's typically because we are led into certain lifestyles, led into certain diets. Um working eight, nine, ten, twelve hours a day. That's what we're led into doing all of that, and that's what's considered normal. But when you when you kind of step away from from just doing something because it's normal and rather do things because you feel you want to do them. It's a better experience. I know... I always feel I have to... I have to like... um, always have to add a little bit of something so when I say do what you feel I don't mean like if you feel like eating donuts you're going to sit there and eat like 20 donuts yeah you're not going to sit there and eat 20 donuts right I'm talking about things that are uh healthy gonna have a good impact that aren't gonna have negative connotations like a uh, 20 donuts might have wow I'm just uh, I'm just walking walking back in towards town and a a van went past, a catering van. And this guy had a trail of thick blue and black smoke coming out the back of the car, or back of the van. But it didn't look like it was oil. It didn't look like it was the car. It looked like he had food burnt or food burning in the back of the back of the van. But he's just drove. He's just driven off with no idea that he's leaving this uh, massive trail of smoke. crazy yep so went off my train of thought yep so when I say to feel it 
you'll feel it. It's not a thought. You may think that you want 20 donuts, but it's not what you feel. What you feel is maybe I'm just going to eat fruit because my stomach doesn't feel like it can handle anything heavy. That's typically how how I do things now, with diet especially. For the past two or three days, I've had just a bowl of fruit for lunch because I don't feel the need for something heavy, like carbs, like a sandwich or just something uh, something light and... full of water because it's been so hot as well I think my son's like that as well he's only he's not one years old not one year old yet he's only uh, I think he's 11 months next week and he's pretty much the same he'll um He'll just eat the fruit, and he won't touch it. He won't touch anything else. He might have some vegetables, but he won't eat, you know, like anything heavy. Which is good because you don't want to feel sluggish. I think your your body knows that what foods are easily digestible, and fruits and vegetables digest quite easily and uh, require less energy than meat or carbohydrate like bread so yeah that's just one of my diet tips to eat how you feel now I've been on a quite a low protein diet since uh, since I, I cut all my supplements out just because it's making me feel lethargic and bloated that's that's like whey protein and stuff it's yeah so I figured I'll cut it out and see how it goes because I don't think you need I don't think you specifically need protein you need the things that that are left over after it's broken down the amino acids but There'll be sources of amino acids that will be less expensive on the body. Because digesting a piece of meat takes a long time. It takes a lot of energy. That's why bodybuilders will increase the carbohydrate intake when they increase the protein intake. because the body needs more energy to digest the protein. Yeah, so it taxes the body. Let's say it just decays the body quicker. Puts a lot of strain. Puts a lot of strain on the heart the liver pretty much all your organs so people think that bodybuilders typically die at a young age because of steroids but it's not always the case it's not always just because of steroids will be the uh, the diet 
and then the steroids kind of just compound the problem because that's putting more pressure on the heart as well so anyway um, just a few more health tips health and fitness got any any weird phenomena you should um, see if you can figure out what the source is alright I think that's it okay see you later